This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where you can once again get a haircut or a perm now that the governor has decided barbershops and beauty salons can reopen during the pandemic. You don't even need a mask, but the barber does. The state issues new emergency orders requiring all patients and staff at adult living facilities to submit to testing if they get a visit from the Department of Health. And then there were two. The stay-at-home order has been lifted in Palm Beach County, which entered phase one of the recovery today. Broward and Miami-Dade are the only counties still under lockdown, and the governor is hoping they'll reopen as soon as next Monday. As South Florida prepares to reopen, the governor says he's working on plans to screen airline passengers from overseas, especially South America. He wants them to be checked for COVID-19 before they get on a plane. The state's unemployment compensation woes continue. The state has received claims from almost 1,300,000 Floridians and has sent payments to about, well, 532,000 of them. More media bashing from the governor during the pandemic as he takes another page from Donald Trump's playbook. He's taking credit for the fact that Florida was not hit as hard as the experts predicted, but the Tampa Bay Times crunched the numbers and found average everyday Floridians began social distancing and staying at home weeks before the governor issued any orders. We'll also have your political calendar of events and check in with two Florida men who probably should have stayed away from the restaurants when they reopened last week. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, May 11th. First, the numbers. There are now more than 40,000 confirmed cases of coronavirus in Florida. COVID-19 has killed 1,721 people in the state. 703 of those fatalities were residents or staff members of long-term care facilities. On Sunday, the Agency for Healthcare Administration issued emergency orders to bolster testing of staff members at those homes. Those orders require nursing homes and adult living facilities to allow the Department of Health into their buildings for infection control and to conduct COVID-19 testing of residents and staff. Those that do not comply could face suspensions, fines, or even lose their licenses. If you've been getting a bit scruffy during the pandemic, you can go ahead and get a haircut now. Barber shops and beauty salons were shut down at the start of the pandemic. Governor Ron DeSantis says they have spent a lot of time trying to figure out how they can reopen safely. We, um, we considered this for phase one, and my view is, is, okay, we need to talk with doctors, we need to talk with the industry, we need to figure out what would make sense uh, to reduce risk. But my view is, is if you have something where there's interaction, if you can do things like mask and other things that would make it low risk, then we've got to figure out a way to do that. So I went last weekend, uh, last Saturday, I was down in Orange County, mayor of Orange County, Jerry Demings wrote me a letter uh, asking me to to put the hair, hair salons and barbershops back online. So we were able to meet Uh, at a salon uh, with the owner and then owners of some other shops and then some physicians. And they were all talking about, here's what we would do. And I think the ideas are great. So those ideas have been taken, they've been internalized. The health has looked at them, other physicians have looked at them. So I think it's going in a really good direction. So I think people that are, that look, I mean, I have practically have a mullet, so I haven't had a haircut in a long time. Um, but, you know, we just want to make sure we're going in a safe, smart, step-by-step approach. We're being very judicious on everything we're doing. But I absolutely see a path, and I think if people um, uh, watch out, uh, I think that you'll be hearing something on that very soon. If you're wondering why the governor was being coy, it's because they already had someone lined up to make the official announcement. A few hours after that press conference, the governor's Twitter account posted a video of Jay Henry, the owner of Jay Henry's Barbershop in downtown Orlando. I'm happy to join Governor Ron DeSantis as we reopen barbershops, hair salons, 
and nail salons, we are ready to get back to work and make some money. But getting back to work, we want to be safe and continue to wear our gloves, wear masks, book our appointments, and continue to keep the community safe. I know everyone is happy to come out and support the barbershop, but we want to continue to keep one thing in mind, safety is always first. Very excited. Let's look forward to opening on Monday. In order to enforce social distancing, barbershops and salons cannot do walk-ins. It's appointment only. The shop has to allow at least 15 minutes between customers so the area can be disinfected. Barbers and stylists will be required to wear a mask. It's optional for the customers. Another big change? As of today, Palm Beach County has entered Phase 1 of the recovery. Now, you may remember that Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach were not included last week when the statewide stay-at-home order was lifted because South Florida was the epicenter of the pandemic in the Sunshine State. But now, Governor DeSantis says Palm Beach is ready to reopen. These are small steps, but they're not radical changes for what we've been doing. But I think it's smart to proceed methodically. And so, uh, I've looked at Palm Beach's request. Um, I am going to authorize starting Monday, Palm Beach County to move into phase one, uh, consistent with what we've done. And we think that they're ready for it. I think Palm Beach, if you look at what they've been able to do, they've had a lot of uh, challenges because you've had a lot of traffic, uh, you know, this whole year, January, February, early March, back and forth. Even New York, once they did the the shelter in place, you had people flee down here. And although we did the quarantine, you know, it's just a tough thing. You had people getting on flights who were COVID positive landing at Palm Beach International. So they've had to deal with a lot. And I think the local government here has worked really, really hard throughout this. And we've enjoyed the partnership. But if you look, uh, Palm Beach has certainly seen um, a decline in the number of tests that come back positive. They were 18% a couple weeks ago. They're now 9%. Most recently, they've been uh, between three and it looks like seven and a half percent over the past week or so. That's a good trend. But Palm Beach's uh, indicators for ILI and COVID uh, have gone down. Uh, certainly, if you look where they were at the end of March till now, and then you look at the hospital admissions, I think the hospitalizations have basically been flat now for a couple weeks. There's clearly capacity here in the hospitals if you were to see an uptick. Um, I'm hoping not because I think that they're doing a lot of great social distancing. And I know some of these businesses are very uh, intent on doing that. Uh, but that's just the reality. You have uh, significant space in the hospitals as we go forward. So I think Palm Beach is incredibly important for our state. Uh, this is not like flipping a switch. It's not just going to go back overnight. But I think if we take, you know, nice, strong, methodical, safe steps forward, you know, we're going to be able to get people back to work. And you can put people back to work and still support uh, our seniors. You can put people back to work and still send PPE to long-term care facilities. You can put people back to work and still have procedures in place so that these residents are cared for it appropriately. Florida has now sent 10 million masks just to long-term care facilities uh, since the epidemic started. That's a huge commitment uh, to these facilities, and we're going to continue to do that. Palm Beach County Mayor Dave Kerner says their businesses are reopening today, and they plan to reopen the beaches next week. Now we're entering phase one, and I have no doubts that this community will continue to lead the way in South Florida in the way that we learn this new normal, in the way that we adapt to this new way of interacting with our friends and our family and our loved ones in a commercial setting like a restaurant. It won't happen overnight, but this community is prepared to move forward in that economic recovery plan. 
Governor, I'm also excited to announce that Palm Beach County continues to lead the way in a safe, smart, and step-by-step -step way in that we voted just now to open up tentatively our public beaches in Palm Beach County starting on the 18th of May, which will be a Monday. During that time and during that period, that measured methodical period, our county leadership will continue to interact both with the governor's office and with our local municipal leaders, mayors and city managers to ensure that there's a consistent way of implementation of our beaches in this county. And I have no doubts that when the 18th comes, if not before, this county will be ready and prepared to embrace the social distancing requirements to keep us safe and to continue to suppress this spread. With Palm Beach going back to work, that leaves Broward and Miami-Dade under lockdown of sorts, and the governor's hoping that will end next Monday. So we consulted uh, when I was, when Palm Beach came to us, we consulted with Broward and Dade to see whether they were ready or not. And I think that there was a sense that they needed a little more time to be ready to reopen. And I think that that's fine. We want them to do it in a way uh, that's gonna be uh, successful. It's gonna be smart. It'll be step-by-step, step, but we really want people to have confidence in what's going on. And I know this has been a kind of a traumatic uh, time for a lot of folks. I know there was a, you go in the middle of March, I mean, there was a major hysteria. Um, this is a serious issue, don't get me wrong, but I think uh, dealing with it in a cool, calm and collected way makes more sense. Uh, so I think people are understand kind of where we've gone through this. There was a lot of doomsday predictions for Florida. Those have not borne out. Uh, we've done a lot better than people thought we would. The job isn't finished. There's going to be more challenges, uh, but I think going, having a very clear step-by-step -step approach. I think both of those counties have been very thoughtful about how they're going to move forward. Our target for them, we'd like to see them move into phase one on the 18th, but that's going to be dependent on if they continue to go. And in, in fairness, they have trended in good directions. If you look at the hospitalizations in Miami-Dade, the people on ventilators now, compared to where we were three weeks ago, obviously there's been a decline. You see Broward, you have seen a decline. Their positivity is now below 10% in Broward County. I think they're 9% for all the positivity and the more recent cases have been down. So, so there are definitely good trends, but they also had to deal with an epidemic that was more pervasive than, than other parts of the state. And we kind of knew that going in. That's why we sent so many resources initially. Uh, but I think you had a lot yet international travel, but mainly from from the New York City area uh, that that seeded it. So it made it more difficult. But I think that they've done a good job. And I think uh, you know, Mayor Jimenez has got a task force in place. They've got a lot of good ideas. He's been very thoughtful about it. The local leadership in Broward, same way. Those are both really important communities for the state of Florida to get back on its feet. If you look, I mean, go back two months, you could not drive around Miami without seeing a crane somewhere. I mean, it was on fire, things were great. You look at Broward, how they did Spirit Airlines, all this stuff that was going on there, uh, a lot of great stuff. They're major economic engines for the state of Florida. Uh, I think they can get back, but we wanna do it in a way, the smarter and safer you are and methodical, I think the, the, the easier you are gonna be able uh, to get where, where you need to go. So it's not set in stone that they have to do it. I'm not gonna push them out the door to do it. Uh, we're gonna collaborate and, and really, uh, I think, have a, have a good meetings of the mind because I think that's the, the way to do it. You've gotta work together with folk, folks on the local level. We've been that way from the beginning on this.
Once South Florida reopens, we can expect a lot more visitors, and some of them will no doubt be traveling from other COVID-19 hotspots. So the governor says he's trying to figure out some way to screen international airline passengers before they get on a flight to Florida. We're going to continue to support hospitals and our healthcare workers, and we're going to continue to work on preventing the introduction of the virus from out of state. I'm working on a plan to submit to the president for international flights coming into places, particularly South Florida. You look at a Brazil or some of these places in South America, if they have the epidemic on the upswing there and people are coming into Florida, they could be introducing that. That should not be a risk that is placed on Floridians. Uh, that's something that the airlines need to work out on the front end. So we're working on how that would make sense. And then, of course, we have screened uh, between 40 and 50,000 people coming from hotspots like New York City into the state of Florida. And I did do a quarantine order very early on. Uh, I think that's been very, very effective at both a deterrent message saying don't come if you're in one of these hot spots, but then also having people actually self-isolate and reducing the spread of what we would otherwise see. So we're going to continue to do that. Of course, you can't talk about COVID-19 in Florida without mentioning the unemployment compensation system, which collapsed at the beginning of the pandemic and is recovering slowly. Just think of it as a coronavirus patient that barely survived and is now in intensive care. The Department of Economic Opportunity website shows there have been 1,300,000 unemployment claims since mid-March. Half a million have received payments. 400,000 are still in the queue awaiting verification. The rest ineligible. There is some good news, though. The governor has instructed the DEO to extend its work search waiver through the end of May. That means unemployed Floridians will not need to actively search for work to claim unemployment benefits. But they do need to keep returning to the state's unemployment website portal every two weeks if they want to keep those benefits. Next up on Sunrise, the governor engages in one of his favorite sports during the recovery, media bashing. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast on Florida Politics. Florida Hospital Association members are safe, ready, and equipped to care for all Floridians. As our hospitals resume elective procedures, ensuring the safety and well-being of our patients, employees, and communities remains our first priority. Contact your local health care provider for information on visitation policies, access restrictions, and how to get needed care safely. Please visit the Florida Hospital Association at fha.org COVID for more information. Welcome back to Sunrise. Ron DeSantis has been following Donald Trump's lead ever since he decided to run for governor, and he would never have been elected without the president's support. Since then, DeSantis has been a loyal supporter and has followed the White House script on just about everything, including COVID-19. DeSantis goes out of his way to blame China for the pandemic, which is part of the White House strategy to divert blame from the president. When the president recommended an untried drug to treat the virus, the governor ordered up more than a million doses of hydroxychloroquine. That stopped when researchers found out it did more harm than good and even killed some patients. DeSantis went to the White House and met with Donald Trump to get his approval before announcing the phased reopening of the Sunshine State. DeSantis has also latched onto the president's habit of trashing the media. When the pandemic began, there were all sorts of dire predictions about what would happen in Florida, but the state has emerged from the first wave of the virus, and the worst of those predictions have not come to pass. So at least once in every one of his COVID-19 press conferences, the governor trash talks the media. This was Friday in Jacksonville. You remember three weeks ago, Mayor Curry allowed recreational access to the beaches in Duval County. And that created a, a spasm from media in the Sella Corridor who are out of state. Um, they don't care as much about the subways and things like that that have been very problematic, but they really cared about people walking their dog on the beach 
in Jacksonville, Florida. And they were sure that this was going to lead to just a massive combustion of coronavirus, and they were predicting doom and gloom. Well, what's happened since then? So three weeks ago, the hospitalizations in Jacksonville related to coronavirus have decreased by almost 30%. Patients in the ICU in the last three weeks have decreased by 60%. Patients on ventilators have decreased over the last three weeks by 47%. So all those people were wrong. They smeared people in Northeast Florida uh, unjustifiably. And now that you have the facts, how many people are now going and talking about Duval County nowadays? It's drive-by smear and then pretend that we're not going to remember what you did. Well, we remember that. But the real question is, why were those dire predictions so wrong? Reporters at the Tampa Bay Times have come up with an explanation. By tracking cell phone location data, they discovered residents of Florida did not wait for the politicians. They began locking down in mid-March, two weeks before the governor issued his stay-at-home order. The Times says the self-imposed shutdown slowed the spread of the virus considerably, and its impact on the number of cases in Florida could be seen even before the governor's statewide order had time to make a difference. Professor Al Mukdad at the University of Washington told the Times he thinks the true heroes here are the people of Florida, who knew the virus was dangerous, reduced their mobility, embraced social distancing, and stayed home without waiting for an order from the government. Maybe Florida man is a bit brighter than we all thought. Or not, you'll hear in a moment. Time now for your daily calendar of political events, and this will not take long. The Seminole State College of Florida Board of Trustees is holding an online meeting at 2, and today is the deadline for state candidates and political committees to file reports showing their financial activity through the end of April. And finally, it's time for the continuing adventures of Florida Man, who serve as a reminder that even though restaurants are reopening, there are some people who should still stay away. A Florida man is charged with punching a cop in the face after dining and dashing from a Chili's in Cape Coral. Police say 35-year-old Scott Bolton of North Fort Myers tried to sneak out without paying his bill for $17.54. When an officer tried to arrest him, Bolton allegedly began punching and then tried to grab the cop's taser. The fight continued until backup arrived, at which point Bolton threatened to kill them all once he got out of jail. He's charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, depriving an officer of means of protection, resisting an officer with violence, making threats to an officer, criminal mischief, and petty theft. And a Florida man who runs one of the largest employers in the Sarasota Manatee region is charged with attacking two officers. The arrest report says Craig Johnson, the chairman, CEO, and president of FCCI Insurance Group, was physically and verbally abusive after a disagreement at a restaurant and later threatened the deputies, telling them they would pay because of his friendship with the sheriff. Johnson denies the allegations. He's charged with two counts of battery on an officer, resisting an officer, obstruction, and trespassing. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.